used once when we did a presentation. He said, everyone in this room is a holy warrior. But he didn't mean a warrior as in throwing spears, did he? What I would ask people to do is if you believe in this, there are things you can do on a day-to-day -day basis with those around you. Okay, it's good for you to meditate and clean yourself, but you have a responsibility because every soul on this planet is interconnected and we're going to lose a lot of them for a long time. When you hear them talking about COVID and when you hear them get becoming fearful, we ask you to step into that conversation and say, there's nothing to worry about. Yeah. There's a path through this, there's a shining light. And you, and you talk about the prophecy. And what we say is this, for God's sake, if they don't believe it. You got to accentuate the positive. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. As always, wonderful to be with you all again. Now, look who I have on the show today. I have the magnificent Stephen Strong. Welcome to the show, Stephen. It's a pleasure to be here. I've been staring directly at the birds alongside you. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, it's been pointed out before we start that I have a tendency to look down. And there's a very good reason, because when I look up, I see myself, and that's something no one wants to do permanently. But I've been instructed now to stare at the birdies alongside um, our good host today, and I'll be doing that. When I look down, remember one thing, it's only because I'm looking down because I can see myself, and nobody wants to do that. All right, no, I'm happy to be here. No, don't one. Now look at that. Look at those eyes. Now look at that little green dot. Look at those eyes. You. I've got no green dot. I've got two birds. I'm okay. Oh, all right. That. You've got the most but beautiful just the eyes. Side of it, I can see a little bit of me, but where I'm looking now, I can't focus on me. So we're okay at the moment. The eyes are the window to the soul, Stephen, and you've got That's a mighty, a mighty soul. We might be in these flesh suits, and they might not look exactly how we like, but. They're not who we are. They're just our vehicle. All right. And please remember, if you're liking the shows, to subscribe and share the shows and send us your comments and all that good stuff. And also, if you want to donate to the shows, I use my Amazon affiliate links for all the books that I put on the show. They're all on my website, and that gives us a couple of cents. But I'm so excited to speak to Stephen today because, you know, so many people, Stephen was just telling me before we put the uh, recording on that you've spoken to like over a hundred different interviewers and shows and podcasts recently since Katrina, is that since Katrina's show when you first shared the information about December 21st? It's a blur for me, honestly. We've Bit done of a blur. so many of them, I can't remember, but we've done a lot recently and I know a lot of people are interested in that, but yeah. I, it changes all the time. So whatever I've told her, I can assure you will be a lot more sense. Definitely. Yeah, I know. That's why I was chatting to my mob this morning in the kitchen. That's what I was saying. I'm, you've, you've shared so much. And I'm like, is there something new that we can share? And they said oh, exactly yes. that. They said, oh, so much more. Let me tell you a little bit about Stephen. Stephen and Evan. Evan has gone off. He had a meeting, so he's not going to be on the show today. Evan is uh, Stephen's son. And you guys work together. So Stephen Strong is a secondary, was a secondary school teacher with a background in archaeology and education. He was involved in the 
foundation of a graduate diploma of Aboriginal education for New South Wales Department of Education, writing units on traditional law and contemporary history. He also co-authored the highly successful Aboriginal Australia, a language and culture kit. Evan Strong has a background in anthropology and Indigenous culture studies, counselling and meditation with a bachelor's degree in social sciences and graduate studies in psychology. Evan has worked as a researcher for the Northern Rivers Area Health Service, a social worker, teacher aside, a, uh, and a funeral director. And a funeral director. That's interesting. It's mm. <laughs> an interesting vocation. Both of them have spent many years learning, living, and working with the. Now I'm going to get these things. Oh, I love this bit when people. The Bunjulung language, the Bunjulung language. Bunjalung Language Confederation. It's a group of 13 um, tribes up here. That's okay. the first one, but you've got another one to read yet. Yeah, Northern Rivers. So they, you guys That's are it. up on the Northern Rivers, which is near Byron Bay. Mm. And the Ramindjeri. Ramindjeri, that's pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> Ramindjeri, yeah. South Australia. And mm. the, oh, okay, Gumilaroi. No, you'll have to say that one. Gumilaroi. <laughs> the Gilt Gumilar in, the northern, in the northern New South Wales. They yeah. operate under the doctrine of the. Wirritin, which is why I'm sure you would have got that one right. <laughs> Black fella, white fella dreaming in remembrance of Kano W. Dot, dot, dot. We don't say his last name. We oh. can say part of his name because you're okay. caught from that. Yeah. Okay. Kano W is good. Spokesperson to the Regimerary. Yeah. They work with uh, a diverse informal network of independent researchers, original custodians, elders, patrons, supporters, and friends. So the out of Australia theory is what you talk about a lot. Stephen mm. and Evan are in consultation with the elders of Australia and believe that they have rediscovered a hidden history, the out of Australian theory. They have written five books, one, Constructing a New World Map, to Mary Magdalene's Dreaming, Forgotten Origins, Shunned, Out of Australia, and Between a Rock and a Hard Place, that rewrites the history of Australia and the world. The book's main brief is to prove through science what the elders have, have said that is true by assembling facts about archaeological finds, early contact accounts, genetics, serpent myths, dreaming stories, American myths and parallels in religious texts into one coherent theory. Unlike the authorities in one field who are limited to their speciality, they draw from all different disciplines and attempt to resolve the confusion. They claim that Australia's original people set sail from Australia, not to Australia, over 50,000 years ago in, is supported by many experts. It is said that the Australia's original people sailed to and settled in America over 40,000 years ago, as well as visiting many other places, including Egypt, Japan, Africa, in India, etc., They were the first Homo sapiens who evolved before the sapiens of Africa and gave the world art, axes, religion, marine technology, culture, 
cooperative living, language and surgery. The debate over whether they were the first people in America is virtually a closed case, according to Stephen and Evan. Hundreds of bones and skulls have been discovered that are undeniable, undeniably of Australian Aboriginal origin. What it all means has had even the experts mystified. Professor Clive Gamble claims we have to construct a completely new map of the world and how it was peopled. They are responding to the call and attempting to clear up the confusion. Wow, that's pretty profound stuff, Stephen. God, that was long. you. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to send you a bio, not an article, but anyway. Oh, well, that's what Evan sent me this morning, and I read it, and I thought I need to read all of it because it's absolutely fascinating. Obviously, it's on your website. Yeah. Um, but we're going to get into some of that. But I'm, I'm, and I'm here specifically because everyone's been saying, everyone sent me the show that you did with the gorgeous uh, Katrina on her show, Sacred Mysteries, which was a few months ago, talking about the Palladian box opening on December 21st. And I think that's the subject of conversation you've been talking about with all the other shows, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. It's a, a common one. It's a common um, one. I was approached, oh, I mean, I knew about this three years ago uh, through um, Jurakai. That's Brendan Murray in Victoria, very respected elder. I've got a lot of time for. I knew that there was a change coming then, but I was. We were formally approached about six months ago by three different interlocutors that represent the elders, because as you know. Travelling between states right now is a bit tricky. Mm. Um, and primarily what's happened from that point, it's just been a leap of faith for us because, to be honest, we've never actually spoken directly to the people involved in this. We've heard about everything. We've got information. Things have been sent to us. But I suppose that's the way it's got to be for everyone because normally what we do is we do chemistry, we do archaeology, we do geology. Now we're just basically doing what some blackfellas in the middle of Australia have said is going to happen. They're going to change the whole world. And they're asking people to believe that, but they're not going to give us any science. I can't give you any concrete proof this is going to happen. But what I can say, and we've said this in the very beginning, probably not so much when we spoke to Katrina way back, is that you've got to understand that it's not just, yes, these people, I believe they are doing that ceremony, and I believe up there they really believe it's going to change the world. But right now the world's changed so much that there's strife up there between personalities. And people have said to me, well, I'm very disappointed. I said, why is that? Because, well, they're the custodians of all this and they're, they're having problems. I say to them, well, look out the window and what are you seeing out there? It's not look good anywhere. It doesn't matter where you are on this planet. The planet is imploding. People are really stressed, and there's really never been like this before. There are so many things going wrong, and I think it's come to a tipping point. Mm -hmm. So don't be disappointed when I say to people, and I'm going to say this, I always start with this, well, I do now with this preface. If the ceremony takes place, if everything can be sorted out, we are now at the stage where we really believe what they said is going to take place. But I make the point if it takes place, because there are problems everywhere, um, you know that you live in Australia. I mean, there could be an outbreak of COVID tomorrow and there could be massive numbers turning up in the next test and I'll close the borders down straight away. So we have to start now. I didn't do that before, but we've got to start 
with that equivocation. It might be a disappointment because long, you see card ends where people walk around with the end is nigh and they give you a time and they say it's definitely going to happen. I can't do that because I've got to be truthful. I have to be truthful about the fact they're dealing with problems. I'm assured that those problems will be overcome. And the reason I'm, I'm confident is because, believe it or not, I, I can say this publicly because it is well known, there are going to be two ceremonies there, the ones that do the roof for the men and ones for the women. And I know, I know a little bit about it, but I'm not allowed to say a thing because I'm a male. I can't talk about women's business. But overall, it's orchestrated by the women. Now, I think to an extent that might be one of the reasons and problems here because there's some men with baggage about the fact they think they run the world that they're going to have to let go. Now, if we talk about the prophecy, I'm going to start by telling you one thing I know absolutely. And there are some things we've heard about this for, for three years before the formal approach. And every elder, irrespective of where they've come, they don't know what the others have said, they all say literally the same thing word for word leading up to the prophecy. There are disagreements about what happens after, and I've taken one point of view, but I could be wrong. But before, I, I'm not wrong because they've been watching everything we say. I can tell you that. And if we've made a mistake and we made one small mistake that wasn't our fault, we were told within 20 minutes. So don't worry. If we get something wrong, it's picked up. So, what was the prophecy? It began three years ago with Brenda Murray ringing me up one day and said, I've been in contact with my auntie. When it comes to women, I do listen more to, by the way, um, from Uluru, and she's one of the main keepers there. And she's told me about this, and I'd like to tell you, but not others. So I started with that. So what would, how did it begin? It began like this. The word Pleiadian came up very early in the piece, of course, because it is a Pleiadian gift. Now, people need to understand in Australia, there are 500 tribes, 500 languages, and 500 sets of stories that belong solely to the land they live in. If you're Githable, you have your stories. But if you're Narakwal, you'll have different stories, but you live next to each other. And so it goes around, but there is one story that everyone shares, and that's the seven sisters from the Pleiades. That is the creation story of us. Not us as original people, but indirectly all of us. So what happened? Right, well, it turns out that my first story was nearly correct. The Pleiadians did it, but he was under the impression they were coming. That worried me because I thought, oh, my God, if they turn up early, everyone's going to say, okay, I thought the hippies were wrong, but they're right. I'll join them now. That's not going to work because this is not how it works. It turns out, and we now know exactly what it is, they placed, when, they, when the ships left, I'm not saying they left, but when they left and moved away when we started to change, they left what the elders call, not what we said, strange term, a magic box. Now, I can tell you a bit more about that because I'm allowed to. It was a box full of crystals. I've, I think I've got one here, and we'll talk about that soon enough. Mm -hmm. They're Pleiadian crystals. They're not from here. They're the most powerful crystals in the cosmos. And this planet, which is unlike any other place in the cosmos, that's why they're all here. They're here for this event. This is the whole purpose of what they've been in. It was placed in a box, a magic box, and placed at Uluru. 
Now, I know roughly where it is, but I'm not saying that. But for those of you who decide you're going to whip up the Uluru and find the magic box, I've got to tell you now, don't look for a pirate's chest because that's not what it is. If you want to look for it, I'll give you a clue. It's a rock. It's a rock. Now, Uluru is a big rock and it's surrounded by other rocks. Well, in one of those rocks, the crystals are there. What are the chances of you finding it yourself? None. None whatsoever, because even if you walked on it, it wouldn't give itself away. And you'd say, you're never going to find it, so don't look. And secondly, if you did look, you wouldn't know the song, you wouldn't know the ceremony, so where's the point? You're getting yeah. in the way. Mm -hmm. And I've got to make this point. I get a request every day to say, I need to come. Can I tell everyone, don't write this to me, because I was invited. I, I'm a guest. I can't sing the song. I don't know the dance. I have something they need. Absolutely, that's why I'm going. If I didn't have that, I'd be doing what everyone else is doing. They don't want people to come. And I've had people write pages about why they should be there. Please pass it on. Pass it on to who? I don't even know who they are. I get phone calls from the interlocutors. I'm not supposed to ring them. This is all done secretly, man. There's no, and emails they get, they destroy after they read it. We have to be careful because there's people don't want this to happen. And I've got to make the point. When we were first allowed to say that it was going to happen at Uluru on the 21st of December at 9.02 p.m., I was shocked because I thought, man, everyone knows now where it is. You've given it up. And I made that point. I said, do you think it's wise that we're saying here we are with a big red flag waving at everyone? And they said to me, well, Uluru was just given back to the original people after 200 years of being stolen from them. Which government in Australia is going to stop blackfellas doing a ceremony on their land? And I thought about it and thought, yeah, good idea. It'll work because <laughs> no one's going to stop them. Even if they know what they're saying, they know what they're on about, but they can't stop. So what actually happens? All right. On the 21st of December at 9.02, not 9.04, like I said before, and not 8.30 because of the summer solstice. It has nothing to do with solstice. It has everything to do with the aspirant logical, astronomical, rather not astrological, alignment of Jupiter and Saturn when they're in a certain condition at 9.02 at Uluru, that is the alignment thereafter. I can be open about that because they can't stop that part. The Cabal can't stop Jupiter and Saturn putting their alignment. So we're safe with that. What then happens is the box, if it's found, okay, and that's what they're looking for now, needs a device to open which we have that's why we were approached if you have that device you would have been approached but you don't have it otherwise we wouldn't have been asked to go to Uluru because we would be no use to them but the whole deal doesn't work without us so we obviously get that invitation what then happens is if it's opened they do the ceremonies I know how they're going to structure themselves I've been told that but some of this I can't give up some I can and that will turn the box on and the crystals on. But it's like an engine in neutral. It doesn't go. And that's the issue here. It idles for a period of time. And if it's not fed the right spiritual petrol, it will stop. And that's the end of it. And that is the end of our last chance to save this planet. The planet, I know the keeper, because there's three ways this is going to work. I know the keeper of the second way, and that's appalling. And I believe the third way is worse, and I couldn't imagine now. I can tell you the second and third way, no humans. That part's gone.
But my problem is, is all the animals get wiped out too. And I think that sucks because we're the only ones that broke the law. All yeah. the animals out there have always lived according to the law. I actually have no issue with humans being taken off this planet. I, as a group, I'm not talking about you so much, but as a group, we failed. We failed miserably. And now we're getting the consequences of that. We're paying the tiller. We're paying the tiller now for what we've done. Okay. So what can happen is this. This is our last chance to redeem ourselves and forgive ourselves. We have to turn the box on. We have to feed it. We destroyed the planet. We have to fix it. It will feed solely on our energy. And if the number, which I've been told, which is abysmally high, is correct, that box will be turned on. Now, what I'll do now is I'll explain what happens if the number is correct. Okay. But I've got to make the point that at the moment, it's not. That's why we have to do as many of these things as we're doing and contact everyone we can to get this out. The number I'm not allowed to say, but I can tell you it runs into six figures and it doesn't crawl in there. It's not a hundred thousand and one. It flies past that. So it's large. Now, the reason that this year is the way it is, is because it was always meant to be this way. There was meant to be fear. There was meant to be distress. We were telling people three and a half years ago from the time we first heard this, I was told there would be a pandemic this year. We've told people, I don't, I'm not happy about it, but we told everyone it was coming. We were told this was going to be the most fearful year ever that humans have ever experienced. And it is. And you'll also notice, and I'm sure you're aware of this, this is the last couple of years the human residence has gone off the planet, literally. Mm -hmm. Why? It's preparing every human on this planet to live where the vibration will always be in the hundreds, never drop. And right now, there isn't a soul that would live in that planet because we are not evolved enough to cope. But what happens here, if it happens, it's like a pebble in the water. It will be a drop that will run through the cosmos. The reason this has happened it's because there is supposed to be everywhere a perfect balance between good and evil. Because without evil, there's no point coming here. <laughs> evil is the thing that strengthens us. Without it, it would be like a love, lovely extended holiday at a beautiful place. And when you came back to your maker and said, what have you learned? Uh, well, it's a beautiful spot. I love the birds. Great fields. But <laughs> yeah. what have you learned? <laughs> well, yeah, two and two make four. What grief have you been through? Well, I stubbed my toe one day. Well, why did I send you? Yeah, so what, did you, so what did you learn about love? Yeah, that's it. How did Was it ever challenged? No, no. Yeah, in order to know love, you have to not know it. Exactly. And that's, yeah. that's what, and I honour, and Indigenous people don't fear evil. You've got to understand that we honour it. We honour it and we honour, and this may sound, but if you want to call it Satan, because without that choice, there'd be no point. Yeah. Right? So this is very important. But here's what happens is the, the balance is wrong. Here, the balance has gone off the planet the wrong way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we've got three Atlantean rings and all of them are crap now. And the whole of that situation and all that's happened there, it's overtaken us. I mean, if you want to look for Atlantis, look out the front window. It's here now anyway. Yeah. People don't see that. They're looking for a place that's in front of them. So therefore, the balance is wrong, and this is a reset. Now, what it means is a lot of people on this planet will not be able to live 
in a higher vibration no matter what they do in the meantime and they will have to leave so this is what happens it's been sung up correctly it's running on overdrive then what happens is you have the normal vibration which is 7.8 okay and then a second vibration separate to but on the same physical plane which cannot happen for long it creates an imbalance because you can't have two realities in one physical plane it begins to kick in so you'll have your 7.8 and then you've got your 15 that moved up to 16 the next day and then it moved up to 20 the day after and it will slowly move up i was never sure of how long this would take i thought maybe weeks maybe months i've been told it will take a couple of years because it has to be gradual, because even those of us who think we are ascended and we're close to perfection, none of us are. Absolutely. Remember this, reincarnation exists and all the enlightened ones, gone. They left a long time ago. They pop in occasionally. But what they've done now is they've dropped the bar from up here to down near your ankles. you just got to step over to get in. But it's not that easy. Okay. So then what happens is we've got those two vibrations taking place at the same time. Then what finally happens is the lower vibration disappears as the other vibration finally settles itself in around 150, 200 and stays locked in there all the time. Every soul on this planet, they have no choice in this. The soul will make you go towards the vibration you belong in. You might know after all, oh, I don't want to go this way. That's not going to do it. It is not impossible for a soul, even after the switch has been turned on, and they should be going that way. I was told recently, it's not impossible they can still make it back. But the reasons have to be right. And as every day passes, it gets harder and harder as that divide opens more and more. Mm. When it's complete, the lower vibration goes, and so do all the souls that are with that vibration. Where they go next, well, that would take another 15 minutes. And what I tend to do is I don't tell people everything here. We do our online conferences and there we go into more detail. And there I'll talk about, and I didn't do it last time, I was supposed to, but I I don't have a script, so I forget things all the time and I'm old. (laughs) Um, what What we find is there's three possibilities. But there's other things to talk about. Let's not so much focus on what happens past the event. We need to look at two things. Number one, what the number is that we need and the fact that we don't have that number. I remember when I spoke to the gentleman who actually nominated which devices they needed because we met about that. And I asked at the finish because this was not a particularly humorous conversation at the very least about the end of the world I said what's the number the percentage of people who will ascend and he said to me right now I said yeah yeah do you guys ever talk about it oh yeah the elders do they talk about it often and I said well what is it and he said well what is it he asked me the same question I said oh god I've done that before with elders I said "Um, I don't know he said well have a guess and I said 25% and I did that because I'm not saying that everyone gets why we're here, but there are a lot of good people on this planet. There's a lot of people that love other people. And there's a lot of people on this planet would lay down their life for another human. That's got to be a good thing, right? That's got to be a selfless act. So I said 25%. And I thought I'd probably underestimate it. It could have been 40%. 
But anyway, he laughed at me. And I thought, well, this is different. I didn't know he could smile, let alone laugh. And I said, what, too low? <laughs> he said, oh, no. He said, too high. I said, oh, no, no, mate, you're wrong, you're wrong. Anyway, um, we had a, a discussion. I had a discussion with some elders about this after. And I said to them, you know, when we went through this, and I went from 25% to 10% to 5%, and then I agreed with 2%. Now, I won't go through the whole of it because I also need to talk in some detail about what everyone's got to do. But what I will give you is I'll give you one part of my argument and you can pick the rest, rest up in the online conference. It was part three. No, part two. When we went from 10%, when I, I agreed to go down to 10%, down to 5%, okay? And I was sticking to 10 really hard, right? Because he told me a part of that. And he said, you come here for two things. You learn to love fine, but you have to learn why you're here. Where's the point coming to school if you play well in the playground, but you don't do your lessons in the classroom? He said, you come for two things. You can't pass one subject and say, I love everyone, but I don't care what it's all about. And I only live once and I'll do what I want in the meantime. And I don't care about this spiritual stuff. It's all rubbish. That's not it. So anyway, that part was fine. I can talk about it in more detail. But the interesting part was the next part. When I got down, I said, okay, i got a mob together now. This is the 10% on this planet that are trying to love people, right, and trying to find out. They may not know all the answers, but I reckon 10% of the world is doing that. Mm. And he said to me, oh, are they? And I said, oh, God, here we go. This is not going to go out well. But believe me, I've met many elders, and when they're really there, they play with you all the way through. They know where they're going and they just toy with it. It's like playing fishing with someone. So this elder uh, that you were talking to, did you tell us his name or did you say he doesn't have a name? Can't tell him. No, I some of this is anonymous, okay? I mean, can't I can tell the name. some of my elders, but I would never say the name of any of the elders from Uluru because I know some of their names. I don't say that aloud, okay, because they don't need that issue, okay? They've got enough to deal with, okay? So we can't no. do that. No. But trust me, I'm not lying about any of this. So anyway, here we are. I've got this mob and he says, okay, you reckon that mob's good? He said, yeah, they're fine. I said, now, any of that 10%, do they ever run into idiots and fools? I said, well, we live on planet Earth. I said, it's populated. There's more of them than there are anything on the planet. That's the main species here. He said, do they get upset? I said, yeah, yeah, of course they do. Have they ever spoken to you about the issues with people who've done the wrong thing to them? He said, oh, many times. I said, oh, really? He said, yeah, yeah. He said, um, do you believe that uh, thoughts have an energy or a force with them? I said, oh, God. I'm in trouble here. I said, yeah, I do. I said, you really believe that, do you? He said, yeah, yeah. It's, if you think things, you put out energy. He said, okay, the world is full of negativity right now. Agree? I said, yes. He said, what are they doing? I said, oh, putting out negativity. <laughs> I said, well, he said, well, what use are they to us? He said, how would that energy to help turn on a box, which is made of pure love, the pure essence of creation, all that's good, how would the thoughts they've got in the back of their head about someone that annoyed them today and they're a real dickhead and I wish something would happen to them, stuff like that. And they said it aloud, no more. They said, that makes it even worse. He said, what use are they to us? And that's when I said, okay, I'll go to 5%. And by the way, <laughs> I thought I was safe at that. I thought that'd be enough, but no, they had more to say. So here's the point with this. There's two parts to this. There's a lot of people who said, oh, I'm going to be part of this, and I smile. I mean, all their, basically, a lot of hippies are damn sure they're going to be there. 
I got to tell you, when we went down to two percent, this is my reaction. This is what I said straight away. I said, "Well, it looks like I won't be with that. I'll be with the ninety-eight percent, won't I? I won't be on the two percent, because the last thing was more difficult than that." So what I'm saying is, it's okay to say, "Yeah, I'm going to go out there at nine o two p.m. and I'm going to do my meditation to help." If you had that attitude and you thought like that, I can tell you now, just watch the TV set. It's not going to work. Because there's a second part to this, because it's on our website and it's massive, and I, we leave it there for free. So you don't have to come and pay the twenty-six dollars for our six or seven hours of entertainment, which were much better than free to wear. You can come and see this for free because nothing we have should be sold. We can do it as well, but it's got to be free. And they put up a long statement about what they want everyone in the planet to do at that time, and that's what. People have got to look at. Now it's on our website for free, and in fact, it was added to two days ago. So if you've seen it already, say, "Yeah, I know what it's about." No, you don't, because we only got half the message, and we found out by one of the people, one of the women. We'll be careful here. One of the original women who wrote it, and she said, "Why didn't you put the second part in?" And we said, "That's all we got." Anyway, we got it yesterday, and we put it in. What's in there? It tells a first thing that shocked me was this. I thought we were looking for one cell of this number in Australia to turn the switch on, and I'll tell you how it goes on next. No, we need them in every continental landmass doing the same thing, because what happens is if the number is correct, if the switch is turned on, Uluru kicks in. The energy of those crystal goes into the ground and goes into five locations. Maybe there's five crystals there. I don't know. Okay, I'm not sure about that, but those five locations I know two of them. One is the Standing Stone site, and one is a place of carry on. And one of those places at the moment has developers there with blades, and they're knocking trees down within two to four hundred meters of that site, and that could be damaged. That's a worry. Now, from there, it also goes over the Rainbow Ridge. Three different elders told us about that, and we never knew what it meant until we finally told. There's a site in New Zealand. Now, all the New Zealand have been asking me where it is. I said, oh, for God's sake, I only know two in Australia. I would have no idea where it is. I have a suspicion there's a female site. There's one on the South Island, one on the North Island, one's male and one's female. And if it was going to be any, it would be the female. But I don't even know about that, so don't hold me to it. And then what happens, it's like a spider web. Every ley line in the world becomes recharged. But I didn't know this until now. The people in other continents don't face Uluru. Find sacred sites within your own country that have got to be charged up because they will be as powerful as the sites in Australia. The energy gets shared everywhere. It doesn't stop in Australia and then peter out. It is to charge the whole world up from within. The Earth has a wobble at the moment. The North Pole has gone walkabout. It's going north, a long way north, nowhere near where it was. This is. This is what's happening now. People know this. The world is about to tip, but we can put it right by turning that energy on because that's crystal energy. That's the most powerful force there is outside love and magic. And that's what this earth radiates in, but we won't talk about that so much today. So what does an individual do? Number one, they make it very clear, and I'll surmise this, 
this is to be treated the same way if you were a top grade tennis player playing in a tournament and you're playing in, say, Wimbledon, you wouldn't walk there the day you're there not train and just walk in and play the match. You train. They want people to train for this event. And they're very clear about that. And I will tell you that you have to clean yourself out. We don't want 98% grade. It has to be 100% or it cannot go into this crystal. This crystal is pure energy, pure light, pure love. And therefore, if you taint it, it won't be accepted. So they go on about the fact that you should spend some time beforehand in the weeks leading up to this, to spend time leading up to that day where you're to spend more time doing this, getting ready, preparing yourself. There's some people want to work in groups, then they are doing that. There's quite a few people on our website that are breaking up into groups and they're going to work together. That won't hurt at all. If you need that, do it. They've also made it clear. And somebody said to me once, what if it's raining? I said, you've heard of an umbrella? It's been invented. <laughs> you must put your feet or your bottom or something on the ground. Yeah. You can't sit in a chair. You can't go. I'm sorry. You can't go into your house because your house is separated from the earth. Uluru is planted in the earth, right? And there's lines opened up when it's idling. But if you can't put yourself on the earth, then therefore the energy just floats off into the ether and is no use. So you must sit. And you must place yourself or stand. I don't care. If you can't sit and it's not comfortable because you're older, you can sit in a chair and put your feet on the ground. Take the chair outside. If it's raining, hold the umbrella and put your feet in the ground. So this is on, this is the, at, at two minutes this past is, nine, uh, Australian is, Eastern Standard Time. No, uh, no, I, it's, it's Central Standard Time. Central Standard Time. which 9.02 p.m. 9.02 Central p.m. Australian Standard Time. Yeah. And so Eastern Standard Time, what, what time? How many hours are they different to the Oh, Eastern? God. Oh, that's mathematics. Anyway, well, well, we can look at that from time, buddy. Okay, I've got uh, some stuff to say. You, yeah. you still want to go? You still yeah, no, go? go. Yeah, please, by all means. Uh, I've been talking to my um, mob about this for years, and this is what they've been telling me. You've just been reiterating what they've been telling me for years. So the mob, uh, the Palladians, the Galactic Federation of Light, the Ascended Masters, you know, the overseeing... Uh, consort of yeah. beings that are seeing the evolution of this planet. That's who I call the mob. Right? And um, I said to them, talk to me about ascension and critical mass and stuff like that. They said, well, it's going to take critical mass for enough people to hold a specific vibration. It's all about dominance of energy, frequency, dominance of energy. You said that two different um, realities can't exist uh, on the one planet at the same time. They said, yes, they can, but there is a dominant energy that overrides, mm. um, that overrides. So they said, absolutely, two different realities can exist on one planet at the same time. And they said on Earth, there's many different realities here, especially yeah, right. at the moment. Um, but there is a dominant energy which we get swept up in. So even as light workers or light weavers or new world teachers or whatever you want to call yourself, star kids or star children or galactic ambassadors, we get swept up in this dominant energy. Mm. 
Mm. You know, we kind of, we want to live love and light and we want to love everyone. And then there's this dominant flow, this stream of energy that we kind of tip our toe in and we go, we get swept up in the, in the critic criticism and the judgment and the hatred and the, you know, and that's happening with so many light workers at the moment, Stephen. It is more so than ever. Yeah. You know, people that say I'm here to bring love and light and then they hate Trump and they hate Biden (laughs) (laughs) and they hate this guy and the bloody pedophiles and the this, and they're all tired up in hatred right that's that dominant energy but they said to me the dominant energy also is in you like what's your dominant energy okay we do get swept up in drama drama but what's the dominant energy that you hold when i asked them what would critical mass be years ago they said less than five percent of people holding the vibration of love yeah that is true right less than five percent but they said there is a specific uh, condition to this five percent it's not people that they said less than five percent that hold the dominant energy of love mm-hmm. so there are loving people that hold a dominant energy of fear and then there are um you know people that get angry that hold a dominant energy of love so it's the it's all about it's all kind of how you weigh it up it's a dominant energy and when you were talking about shifting the energies it's like that dominant energy of fear transmutes into love and then that that reality that is based in fear which is the reality that we've been swimming in for the last epoch of time you know whatever hundreds of thousands of years will eventually become like a distant memory that you can't access anymore it's like you can't remember it so it ceases to exist in this reality it's still there but you can't access it you cannot destroy evil but what i think i'm being told is evil will never be destroyed because it doesn't need to be but it Mm. needs to be reset realigned Realigned. period of time here it has to be there but very silent and i'm not saying in the future that the people in the future won't will be perfect that will not happen They'll still make mistakes, yeah. but the difference is they will realise they made the mistake, whereas now we don't know. Exactly. There'll be something, and Plato said way back, Socrates said way back, that humans have concepts within them that are ingrained. I mean, to, to do it very simply, all humans have a concept of what is beautiful. Uh, they look at humans and say, well, I'm ugly, fine, that's okay. But You, you are like, not ugly, Steve, oh, you're no, beautiful. No, on, you're beautiful. You're beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. No, beautiful. No, <laughs> but my point is that, that that is there, that's locked into us. So you're right, you're right. And you're right about the fact that it's within us, it's the energy that's within us that they're looking for. It's the magic that I've seen elders do that is commonplace that we used to do. All these things, the reason they came here was because, to be honest, we've looked at all the different skulls of the planet. We, as you know, we have skulls of beings that are Pleiadian. We now know that the Homo sapiens sapiens were the fifth smartest beings that we know of at the moment on this planet. And I'm, I'm, I'm including hominids that are bigger than us. I mean, Denisovans, Neanderthal, and another one we've got here now, are all got bigger brain sizes than humans. But every picture you'll see of a Neanderthal has them grunting. Did you know that 70,000 years ago they had villages with hot water? 70,000 years ago they've discovered that. That's an archaeological fact that got out and then got covered up. Denisovans were making jewellery 60,000 years ago that you would gladly wear. Do you know what Homo sapiens were doing 60,000 years ago? Dribbling and living in caves. We were not the smartest, but we were the magicians. Now, 
we need to find that magic again because I've seen elders disappear in front of my eyes. Graham mm. Hancock was with me when Carno disappeared. I've seen elders do things that break every law of science. Yeah. And therefore I know that magic is part of this. Now, everything is not balanced. There's no way at the moment now that good will prevail on this planet ever. They own everything. They own the media, they own the business, they own the armies, they own the, the cabal owns all of that. And they're owned by others again. And it's completely locked in. It has to be a change we do. Like you said, it's us that will make this change. And if we don't make the change, the earth will clear itself up. So you're right. I, I'm in contact with a person, Leah, that's very similar to you that has those contacts too. And her contact, the main one, Mesrep, has said the same thing. Yes, this is going to happen. We hope. We hope. But it's, this is the beauty of this. The rule was, I know the draconians and reptilians didn't play by it, but no one's supposed to interfere here. This is a free experiment where you put everything together and it leads up to this point. But they have interfered. They've cheated. And this is why this has got to happen. So, yes, you're right. Your mob are correct and so is Leah's are correct. We're waiting to see what we do. They've guided us. They've pushed. They've hinted. But they can't come out in front and stand there and point the way because then... We're sheep. We'd follow it, but yeah. we wouldn't do it for the right reasons. We do it for fear. We do it for our own ego, and we do it for reasons we shouldn't. And yeah. that's the important part of this. So, yeah, you're right. It's, it's right. up to us. And this, this is what this show is all about. This is what everything I do is all about. It's about helping people transmute fear to love. I mean, the only reason a human gets angry is because they're scared. They're scared of loss. They're scared of yep. whatever. They're scared. And, and the thing is that the fear game has been the biggest game on the planet, right? And this whole COVID thing is just a big fear game. And, and the biggest fear that people have, Stephen, and this is something I address with the books I put out and the shows I do, is the fear of death. And this That's fear, what COVID's about. Right. COVID is about that, not anything else. Yes. It's because everything else, you can control the fact that you might die to an extent. With COVID, it's anywhere. And therefore, you lose the control you have because people don't want to talk about death. They don't want to talk about it. They want to run away from them. Yeah. But the problem is that, for God's sake, we've had so many diseases. There was a thing called the plague. You may not have heard about it, but it was much worse than this. We had the Spanish flu. 15,000 people in Australia died and we had one-tenth the population. That would be millions today that died. But that's not an issue. We don't forget all those things. They've made us scared because death we don't want to talk about. If everyone knew what reincarnation was, you'd say, well, I'm going to die anyway. What's the difference? And that's what they should be saying, but they don't. Well, if everyone knew that there's no such thing as death, you know, like well, I started yeah. I started my career, um, career, I started my awakening with through the death of mum. So I'm 15, she dies, and I'm thinking, where did she go? And if she went somewhere, then she came from somewhere. What is that place? Yeah. And, you know, there's many places that we can go. <laughs> there's just so many places. to, But all of them, mm. not all of them, but the majority of them are, are in a vibration well beyond 
you know, a higher vibration beyond this world, which is which is has been rooted in what we call third dimensional, third, third density, and uh, and it's a place of unimaginable beauty and freedom and light and joy. And if people understand that there is no death, there is just moving from one world to another, and you usually move into a place of bliss, then there would be no fear around it, right? You'd be saying, "Oh, thank God! Oh, thank thank God. God! Absolutely!" Go and I, to tell you the truth. Yeah. At That's, funerals, I get kind of a little envious. It's like, oh, you get to go home. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm stuck here. With I'm these still here. <laughs> yeah. It's a release. That's the problem. And see, to an extent, you, you, you hit the nail in the head when you talked about the fact that it's a three-dimensional world. What's happened is the scientists have taken over and the first thing they destroyed, you've got to remember, in original society, everyone was born with a degree of magic within them because they have it. If you even go back to the courts in the Middle Ages, you'll hear words like Merlin, Nostradamus, and people say, oh, that's a myth. No, it's not. They were there. Mm. Oh, well, they were just tolerated. No, no. If they made a mistake, they'd be killed. They kept them there because they kept getting the damn things right all the time. Mm. And many, many of the courts there had magicians and soothsayers there because they were. And then finally, when the scientists took over, the first thing they killed was magic. And when they did that, they made us then believe that what you see is what you get. And you only live once. You've heard those sayings. And they became part of our mythology. Mm. And that, that is a myth because it's a lie. The real mythology, the stuff that we hear in the distance, was true. They turned that into a lie and then created a fantasy and made that the truth. Oh, God, it sounds like the Matrix. Anyway. Well, the yeah, they, but they did that with everything, everything, everything. Yeah. I was having, yeah, go on, go on, yeah, go on. So what it means now is we're in a situation now where people are, there's many good people on this planet, more than the 5% we're talking about. But yeah, yeah at the moment, I can't see that changing much. Yeah. But the reason is one thing. They're now trapped in a three-dimensional world. Exactly. And but to an extent. This goes back to why I got initiation by the Ram and Jerry oh, nearly 10 years ago. Now, this was not a normal initiation. This took seven days. And there was a group that was singing the language, the whole business. But I was told they actually asked me to come down 3,000 k's from where I live. They'd read our work that we'd done, our earlier work, which was published by University Press of America. I knew we could write academically. And our job was to find three-dimensional white evidence that proves the truth of what the original people are saying. Mm -hmm. And that's what actually we've done. And that's probably why we're on these radio shows all the time, because like I said earlier, I've got a Pleiadian here. Now I've got four letters from the government and about a dozen emails. We have a special file. It's called the threat file. And that threat file consists of jail terms and fines. And I can tell you, to begin with, I used to get awe. It was three years or six months and 250000 or 750000 But the last couple, it was both. <laughs> I didn't even get the awe anymore. And I have to write page after page. I've done this many times. I've had phone calls where they threatened to put me in jail. I know from a professor who run my personal ASIO agent who trains for counter-terrorism for the New South Wales Police Force and is stationed in Wagga Wagga, and you know who you are because you're listening. I've had him since 2016, I think, and he rang him once and spoke to him, and he told me, this guy rang me back, a professor from a university told me, this guy said, 
His job is to lock you up and throw away the key. Now, the long and short of this is I got a letter from the Department, of course, from the New South Wales government, head by officer, um, the start of this year, after we reconstruct the skull. And they know it was reconstructed. And they said to me, we've decided we're no longer going to take you to court for now. We reserve the right to do it in the future, but right now we're not going to take you to court. Now, the reason they won't, and they've done this, was I know for a fact because somebody rang the head guy and showed him a picture of the skull and there was a long protracted sigh. And after that, they gave up. The reason they don't want me to go to court, and I do want to go to court, is because I've got the skull now completely rebuilt. And every expert that's looked at it said it's not human. Mm. It's even a hominin. In fact, if I'll show it to you now. I'll try and hold it up, and I'll hold it up to you in two parts. You've got to remember, I'm going to start by showing you, just to give you an idea for those of us who still want empirical proof. Here is a picture of the first site I went to, and there's the skull that was in the ground. Can you see that? Yeah. yeah. Right? So now, for people it, that are listening on audio, you'll have to watch the I, YouTube. They'll see it. <laughs> now, what does, now I'm going to show you a separate skull because there are four of these in Australia. We know where they all are. This was given, that first one is on a farmer's site. The next one was given to him by a guy that works in a university. He's a professor. And he showed them this, photos. They never came and saw it. And they wrote back and said, it's nothing to see there. It's a homo sapien. I'm going to show you now in two parts. The first part was these eight pieces of our bone were reassembled by a gentleman that worked for the Australian Museum in making skulls. So think about this before you think, well, that can't be right. The command has been made by someone else. I'm going to hold it up to you now. This is the first part of the model we have. Can you see it there? Yeah. Now, notice that's the face there. Very flat. Flat, right? yeah. But now I'm going to ask you a question. Where's the forehead? I don't know. There isn't one. <laughs> right. No see forehead. how far that head goes back? Yeah. See how the brain goes down? How much of the brain, there's the eyes there, how much of the brain is above the eyes? Yeah, not much. None of it. Mm. Now I'll turn it on face on. Oh, Where's I the see. forehead? Yeah. Don't right, now, wow. here's the trick. That, tell, now, first of all, could you think of any scientist in the world that would tell you that's a homo sapien? Both the people approached the government and both times the government said you have a normal homo sapien there, right? Now, I'm going to show you a picture from the skull site, from the site I worked on. Uh, I got many letters from the government about this. And there is that same skull again from the back. And there's a massive head there, isn't there? Mm. It's there, but it is not where you think it is. Now, let's go further. Now, I'm going to show you the next step. Because after it went to this guy that works, did work for the Australian Museum and hates them, that's why he did it, they rung me up, both him and the other gentleman, who does the faces for shows you might have heard of, like Predator and Alien. He's the one who does the, the monsters. He did the next part, okay? And they both rang me up and said, we've got a problem with this thing. It doesn't have three sutures. Right. You know what that means? All hominids have how many sutures? Three. Lucy, oh, I don't have Lucy with me today, but I do. She's 600 cc. We, and I do have us here today. Here we are. I'll show you us. This is us. Homo sapiens sapien. 
Nice spirit, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As we all have one, don't we? Right. Well, this one here is 1300 CC. Now, now you're going to see what they came up with. Yeah, no forehead. That is what they come up with. Look at the eyes. So these are Palladian skulls. Well, I'll tell you why in three parts. Number one, now I'm going to hold next to it the sapien skull. Yeah, they're quite different, aren't they? Look at the shape of the noses there. Yeah. The eye here is 46% larger. Now, you've got a depression between your eyebrows, haven't you, where it goes in? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> this one doesn't? Yeah. It goes out. It sticks out even more. So it just has the one suture across the top instead of the three. We don't know it has that. This is what it doesn't have. And I'll show you first up the bones themselves. This is a copy. I've got the bones in our house. I'm allowed to have them here. See there at the back? There's no crack running around the back. Oh, There's, I see. Should be a crack there. With this one here, with a homo sapien I showed you, you'll see the crack running down clear, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm. Now, no crack because yeah. there isn't one. Yeah. They didn't put it in. Now, what so, that means, and look at this. Look at the back. See how it flares at the back? Yeah. Look at the sapien. So, Stephen, what does this all mean? This all means that Palladians walked the earth, they lived here, uh, an extraterrestrial life lived here. 1800 what? CC. 1800. We're 13. We're 13. This is 18. CC. Before, you this, mean BC or C, what CC? CC means cubic centimetres inside your brain. It's a measurement of how bright oh, you are. Inside uh, your we're brain. We're 1300. Right. We are 13 centimetres at our widest point. The widest point at the back there is 17 centimetres. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. We've got, they've marked a make marking down here. And they said, oh, well, it could be a suture running down there. Our sutures begin up here. Our sutures are there, not back there. They're on the top, not on the bottom. The reason they did that is that's where the first piece of skull cracked. They said, well, we'll put the suture there. But the point is, it's not in the right place if it was. So it's either got two or none. My take is none. Because when we went to this site, not this being, but the one alongside it had no sutures. There's all sorts of weird things going on in this country. So that how is, old are those skulls? How many, how old are they? Well, look, with the one I just showed you we buried, that was on a riverbank, the Murray River, right? Yeah, in Australia. But the Murray River is not there. It moved. It was on a bank. And we think there was, it was a burial site. There's others there too. Yeah. And we think it was a burial site overlooking the water. But the Murray River moved from there 60,000 years ago. So what has this got to do with the ascension and the crystal ball? Ah, everything. Because okay. this is Pleiadian. Why is it in the last three years, three, four Pleiadian skulls have been found now? Mm -hmm. Right Now, how do I know it's Pleiadian? Very important. Three reasons. Number one, the eyes are 46% bigger, which means that being I showed you can't come out during the daytime. Does nature make humans that are nocturnal? No. So we've got an issue with that. Number two, even more importantly, is what I didn't show you, is there's a picture you'll see elsewhere. You're going to find the humerus bone and the femur bone were laying on the ground. They were chucked there because when it was buried originally, the arms were placed up against the chest and mm -hmm. so were the knees that was facing east and the front two teeth were pulled down. That's the same initiation they did there up until Cook. So therefore, this person was buried with respect. People could say it's a mutation, but we found four of them. You can't have a mutation and one is... They're 2,000 k's apart. One is in the desert, two are on the Murray River, and one's on the coast. No, they're everywhere. 
But the important part is this, the humorous bone. I picked up and I showed everyone, so what's going on here? Because it was starts there, goes down to your elbow. Mm. I put it there and it was there. And it hadn't to have an elbow joint. I measured it at 43 centimetres worth there, the elbow joint, which means it has to be at least 46 to 47, but it could be 55. How long is yours? 29. How long is a basketball of 32 and how long is a given 35? But it was so thin, no thicker than one inch at the thickest point of the whole arm. Mm. Gibbons are two inches thick. And I'm looking at myself saying, okay, nature's made this being that can't go out during the daytime and it's got an arm. You can't play tennis with it, man. You can't play cricket with it. They're just dangled because you couldn't put enough ligaments and muscles on it at this gravity level. But hang on. If I changed the gravity, took away the bright light of the sun, the big eyes and the thin arm would work. Does it work here? No. Is it a mutation? No, we found four. How do I know it's Pleiadian? Because this is the part that isn't science, this is mysticism. Because when I was driving towards the professor and his house, never met him, he'd rung me, I got a phone call from an elder, Raman Jerry Elder. His name is Wirichin. He's named after Blackfellow, Whitefellow Dreaming. He says to me, you're going to see the skull today. I said, Wirichin, you're 3,000 k's away, mate. What do you know about this? I never told you. He said, ah, oh, no, the spirits told me. I said, yeah, I am. He said, you're about 10 minutes away, aren't you? I said, I'm looking around. He's watching me. Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah. He said, when you go and see that skull, he said, you're going to find out two things about it. He'll tell you one, and I'm telling you one now. I said, okay, go on. He said, first of all, he said, it was found in the Wimmera region in Victoria. I said, oh, yeah, okay, I've heard of that. I don't know where it is, but okay, fine, yeah, because I don't know. I don't know where this thing come. It could have come from anywhere in Australia. And he said, the second thing is you've got to remember this is one of the sons of Biami. Now, who's Biami? He's our first sky hero. Sky hero. We don't call our gods gods. We call them sky heroes. And where did he come from? He come from the Pleiades. So he's telling me, this is a Pleiadian, but it was living in the Wimmera region. And I said to Wirichin, I said, well, mate, you really committed yourself here. He said, the Wimmera region makes up about 0.001% of the whole area of Australia. So we'll see how that goes. So anyway, I pull up. This is not a lie because there were three people with me when it happened. We're all looking at each other saying, this is going to be interesting. I pull up, knock on the door, an old mate comes out. He's got the skull in his hand. And he says, this skull, it come from, you ready for this? The Wimmera region. I thought to myself, hmm, I think I know what it is now. <laughs> See, sometimes you don't need to do the science. You just got to watch, ask the people that were in the oldest country on the planet, everyone agrees to that, who have kept all their knowledge and never forgotten it. So why would I ask a scientist what it is when the original people were here when it was there? And they Sorry. were buried there. And they're Cats buried here. me. I thought that's what it was. <laughs> but, yeah, you're asking why they turned up now is because I know the story of this particular skull. And I know when it came here before. It came here, it was called way back. I know this part's going to sound weird, but this is what I know for a fact. The elders all agreed on this. It was called nearly a million years ago because the planet was being trashed, not by Homo sapiens, by reptilians. And it was called, and this is where it gets hard for the scientists, by the trees. Ah. The trees called them yeah. and asked them to clean the planet. So they came 
And when they came, their spaceship was shot down by the Pleiadians, uh, by the reptilians, and they crashed here. And some survived, and this was one of the ones that survived, and they came here to clear the planet mm. then. Mm. So why have they been found now? Because this is when the journey they were sent to do a million years ago, roughly, to clean the planet up then, it failed. Because the reptilians were running the place. I know some people say that's ridiculous. I'm sorry, that's what I've been told. Okay, but they've come back now to be part of what could or may happen. They were here for this reason. Mm. So why were they all found in the last three years? By different people, and we know where they are. And we, we actually nearly went to go to see the third group in the middle of the South Australian desert. Believe it or not, we got a full work crew to volunteer to do it for nothing. Whole thing. They do it all the time. They work with all the archaeologists in Australia. They approach me. Mm. I got a university to back it. Mm. can't believe this, can you? It was going well. well then but- another professor rang up and blocked the whole thing, the work crew made of vets from the Iraq war and the Afghani war to go out into the desert and just work with people and act like soldiers again. They promised me they'd find out why this happened, why this was called off. Never heard from them since. They blocked us. Because the government doesn't want this to get out into mainstream. We have Pleiadians all over the place. Now, what the government has done cleverly, he said, now give me legal permission to keep these skulls, the original bones, in my house. But if I take them out the front door, I will be arrested. If I get them analysed, I will be arrested. If I show them to anyone that doesn't come to my house and they're seen outside, they will be arrested too for breaking the law. So what they've done is, yeah, we got the proof. Yeah. We well, there's, there's yeah. plenty of proof. And I think the most amazing proof is the people, the star people that are connected to their star origins. You know, like, um, you, do you, have you heard of Susie Hansen? Yes, I have heard a few of them, yeah. And I look, like there's uh, some one person, I think his name's Bashir or something, has been in contact with this and explained. Oh, Bashar. Uh, yeah, yeah. Daryl Anka. I've had Daryl on the show. Well, Susie's a New Zealand um, UFO researcher, but she's a dual soul. She's, you know, part of the... Um... Look, they're all saying the same thing. Let's be honest, what you're saying about... Children, yeah, they're all saying the same what thing. What people are saying right now and feeling about there's got to be a change, it's intuitive. It's within us and we're being told our intuition, our soul yeah. is saying, prepare yourself, prepare yourself. And that's why this message yeah. about the prophecy has struck such a receptive chord and exactly. we do so many of these things. And as Exactly. We start so our- I want to get back to what we can do because this is a, the yes. crux of this message. I mean, mm-hmm. the skulls are fascinating, but what we can do is clean up our own vibration, which is the work that I and many other healers do on the planet is help people clean up their vibration. But and there's that, other things. That, Apart from that, there's other things you've got to do. And yeah. I'll, well, let me just get through yeah, this. Sure. And that means forgiving people you hold resentment towards, not criticizing others. It actually just means educating yourself about how you flow your energy. Because people don't realize that when they're criticizing another, all they're feeling is their own fear. All oh, they're yes. seeing that's is their own fear. Yeah. You know, yeah. like if you realize that who what you hate in another is what you hate in yourself, then you kind of you bring it back to self and you say, Okay, so how can I feel better about myself? I just um, saw myself, I didn't like it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, it's crazy. Even the most heinous people on the planet, if you get an emotional 
tug towards that person that's because that lives in you and that's the energy that you're talking about that's the energy that we have to transmute or transform or lessen and have a more dominant energy of love and and we can do that anywhere on the planet at any time you know we don't need to like go to uluru to do oh, that and that's what the guides have been saying to me there are people like you and others that have come together to be because they've contracted to do the work in ceremony but then what the rest can do is just be everything. more loving yeah be more everything. loving be they more can loving. do everything that's the point you be said. more conscious yeah, yeah and make different choices be less pollutive less less of a consumer uh yeah and and um interestingly enough i had courtney beck on the show the last person on the show who is channeling uh, all the masters and she's like pumping out these channel books. And one of the books called Universal Law was about Atlantis, but it's actually about now because it just talks about what happened in Atlantis and what's, and we're in the middle of that right now. Like, and um, it's exactly what you're talking about. It, yeah, Atlantis, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah right. Look, we've got the three, we now have two of the Atlantean rings and the third one somebody else has and we're working with that now. And I can tell you something about the Atlantean rings. They're full of dark, malicious energy. I, and people get upset when I say that. And I can tell you, look, I wrote an article rec recently called Five, Seven Things for Five Rings. And it's some of the stories of what the Atlantean rings have done. I mean, we've proven scientifically they're all ivory chalcum. Okay, it's a mythical metal that doesn't exist, but it does. And we've proved it. But I can tell you now, there is nothing in Atlantis the way it finished, not the way it started. Let me let, look, they started with the best intentions. The way it finished, there's nothing. There's, I put this in one of my articles once. There's a great quote. It says, with Atlantis, look, but don't stare. There's nothing for you. If you want to look at any ancient culture, go back to Lemuria. There you can stare because they kept to the proper way of doing things, right? We've got Lemurian rings and I trust them implicitly. I have Atlantean rings. There's only one of them I can wear at the moment. The, the other one would kill me and the other one, would, they, they just want to kill. That's all they know. They are full of so much negative energy because the rings reflect how Atlantis finished. Right. And therefore, why would you want to go and chase up a story that has so much negative energy associated with it? Because that's how it finished. You don't know how they died, but everyone knows they died on their own sword. No one argues that point. So why would you want to look? Whereas with Lemuria, it's still here because Lemuria, one rem remnant part of it still exists and it's called Australia. So why would it be we now have five um, Lemurian rings, some of which have been found in Australia, two of the Atlantean rings were found in Australia. Why are they all here right now? Why are the skulls here right now? Because mm -mm. of the change. Because mm. of the change. They're all here for that reason. And when you were speaking about the Palladian, the box, the crystal box, mm. I was talking to the mob and asking about what it does. And they said, well, what all crystals do, it amplifies energy. Yes. So it's an amplification of energy. And they said, it's when it's general. opened, it's kind of like turning the volume up. It just amplifies the energy. So what energy is it amplifying? It's amplifying the dominant energy on the planet. And... <laughs> <laughs> and so that's why we have to be diligent in holding an energy that is more dominantly love. It doesn't mean you have to be perfect, I've got to say. No, no, look, well, if I want perfection, we're, we're done for. Yeah. When my guide said to me less than 5% for critical mass, 
Mm. Um, they said uh, it means that you have to actually live it and not chew it over as a concept, you know, but it, it is the dominant energy. Like if you're dominantly more loving than fearful, more cooperative than competition, more connected than disconnected, then you're holding that dominant energy of love. If you feel happier most of the time than sad, uh, then you're holding that dominant energy of love. But, um, and yeah, it's so interesting watching people during these crazy times hold a dominant energy of resistance. Ah, uh, yeah, that's what I wanted to get to with this, this really important part of this. What I've asked in every presentation we've done, and the spirits have asked me to say this, is this. If you, if this does resonate with you, I want you, the term that Kana used once when we did a presentation, he said, everyone in this room is a holy warrior. But he didn't mean a warrior as in throwing spears, did he? What I would ask people to do is if you believe in this, there are things you can do on a day-to-day -day basis with those around you. Okay, it's good for you to meditate and clean yourself, but you have a responsibility because every soul on this planet is interconnected and we're going to lose a lot of them for a long time. When you hear them talking about COVID and when you hear them get becoming fearful, we ask you to step into that conversation and say there's nothing to worry about. Yeah. There's a path through this. There's a shining light. And you, and you talk about the prophecy. And what we say is this, for God's sake, if they don't believe it, all right, there's two things you can do. Ask them to go to our website because we do science there to prove if they're conditioned to be three-dimensional, we can deal with that. You can read our articles. We can do the, we've done the science on the rings. We've done the science on the skull. We've done, and then we've done the mysticism on them too. Pick the one you like. And if you don't want to read the mysticism, read the other one and you'll believe that's true. Mm. Then what you do is if you can, get them to come to our webs, uh, to our online conferences. We do one at the end of each month mm. and there I, I, I don't repeat. We always do new stuff. We have Michael Tellinger, Klaus Duner, and Dr. Brita Louise this time. We're going to have, we're going to do a lot on Atlantis and down Lemuria next time around to get people to realize focus on Lemuria, which is what we're talking about there. But what you could do is go to our website, read the prophecy. We put that in there, free. Read what the elders have said, free, and get others to look at it. Whether they come to our webinar as well, so conference, fine. That doesn't matter at least make them go there so they can start to look at the potential that their empirical mind can be swayed. Because that's been my job from that start to finish. And that's why the government writes to us so often. If we were channeling stuff, they'd leave us alone. Yeah, because they'd consider you woo-woo, right? Because I'm playing them at their game. Yeah. So you want to play three-dimensional, I'll play three-dimensional. Three-dimensional. I'm using the top machine in the country and I'm using the top laboratory in the country. And the professor there, Graham Lancaster, who runs that laboratory, will put his name up to say, yes, you have a metal object that is 24% metals not found on this planet. Right. We have a few of those. Yeah. Now, that we can prove. We yeah. have them. I've got the readout from the laboratory at Southern Cross University, and I have a readout from an electronic machine from a different piece of, piece of work we've got that is 42% metals not on this planet. So we can prove to them the Pleiadians were here. And if you believe they were here and we've got the skull, then you start to believe the part of the crystal story. Because if I can prove they were there here before and they left metal here and they left their bones here, then if I say they left a crystal here, oh, yeah, it could happen. So that's our job. 
okay? For those amongst us, not like yourself, okay? Because those who are converted, I'm selling coal in Newcastle to you. That's no point in that. Well, this is true, Stephen, but still the converted ones still want to indulge in hatred. And, you know, you, we have free will. Yeah, you can indulge in hatred, but what is that hatred doing for you and the planet? Because I know so many people, the converted ones, as you call them, yeah. are here because they believe they're here to make a difference. Yeah. So the difference we can make is to clean up our own crap and stop hating on people. Like that just <laughs> makes such a difference. I want to tell you a few stories to add to your story. Okay, so one of the people I've had on my show is Garnet Schulhauser, woke up at 56 he was a corporate lawyer for 36 years. His spirit guide woke him up, long story. Anyway, spirit guide takes him traveling around the cosmos in his astral form and shows him umpteen number of different everything. Like you talked about the myths before. Like this is when I realized that all those myths that we call myths were true when I read Garnet's books because he spoke to the Sasquatch, he spoke to the fairies, he spoke to the little people. Oh, they're all there. He spoke yeah. to like all these things, you know, even mermaids that are supposedly myths. And I'm like, uh, oh, my God, yeah. you mean all this is true, all true in yeah, a different dimension, M mostly here. That's when I say it exists here now, but it exists in a um, mostly in a, a frequency that our eyes can't perceive. You know how you said the master disappeared in front of you? Yeah, yeah. He just shifted his vibration. He was still Oh, that's there. what he said. He said, anyone can do what I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. not anymore. Yeah, just shift Nothing your vibration yeah, and yeah. you you yeah. vibrate at a rate that your physical eyes can't see anymore, like a fan. Yeah. When it goes really fast, it becomes invisible. You anyway. know the Ram and Jerry called what he did? They call it a party trick. And I oh, thought party it trick. Off, but it wasn't. It just was a party trick to show you this is what you can do. You're this right. is what you can do. Yeah. But, it, okay, one of the stories that he said in one of his books, I think it's book four, is he spoke to, oh, my God, it's been years since I read it, but he, he spoke about the creation story of, of, of Australia and, um, oh, yeah, this is what he said. He said that years ago, like hundreds of thousands of years ago, there was a second planet that orbited the Earth. And it had flora and fauna on it and um, an, a meteor was going to knock it out of its orbit and push it out into space. And the Palladians went and collected the um, animals and the plant life um, from this planet and they put it on planet Earth. At the time, yeah. planet Earth didn't have those species, right? And, I, and he said they put it in Australia. And I said, why did they put it in Australia? And he said, because of Uluru. And I said, and what did you hear about Uluru? And he said, Uluru is, a, is Gaia's beacon, is planet Earth's beacon. This is, how he, this is the vernacular, the language he used. Okay. And, um, and because it, it, it pulses this energy, the animals and the plant life that came from this planet would feel at home on earth because of this energy that Uluru pulses, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then this asteroid hit this planet out of orbit or the orbiting earth. And it, it went out into the cosmos and exploded and it's part of the um, asteroid belt. Okay. So I had this beacon, beacon. What does he mean by beacon? What does he mean by beacon? And I've heard that, you know, Uluru is a big crystal and I heard many things. Anyway, I found out what he meant when I was listening to an Aboriginal um, or an original speaking to someone on YouTube and he said that Uluru was actually a part of the Pallades that was broken off and it was um, thrown. thrown. It's As like a, a big spear. It's like yeah. it goes down 10, yeah, like 10 times. It's like a big spear and it, and it, say that often. Yes, and they, right. it, it seeded life on planet earth when, when earth was just a big rock, it mm. seeded 
life and it yeah and it pulses energy so i'm like okay now i'm getting what the beacon is he's right he got it right yeah i got what, it exactly right That's what are the part okay so it. another part of this equation so this has happened over the last few years i've had all these questions and they've been answered why is australia so barren like i flew over the states 18 years ago and i saw this lush world and i'm like and you fly over australia and you just see red just dust right mm. and then a long story short i was doing an activation with a friend and an aboriginal elder spirit came to me and he answered my question Good. and he said australia has been kept barren purposefully during this time of third dimensional or the dark ages or whatever you want to call it so that the consciousness of humanity would not be um we didn't want the con too many humans here with that consciousness we wanted to keep it uninhabitable so that humans would inhabit other places on the earth yeah. and they wouldn't come to australia because we're massive and we've got this tiny population and it's this uninhabitable and mm. they said when the energy shifts and consciousness shifts uh australia will regenerate and regrow and waters will spring up and plants will spring up and it'll be lush you know as lush as uh, the americas and in a time in the future, it will be the most populated part of the, um, the most populated place on planet Earth because everything will change. So because the spiritual center of everything. When people become spiritual, they want to come to Mecca. Yeah. This is what and, it is. And what's really yeah. interesting, they said, they, he said to me, this Aboriginal spirit said to me, people are going to start immigrating in their millions to Australia. It's, and, and then a few months later, I was watching 60 Minutes, never watched 60 Minutes, it was about immigration. And they were saying that half a million people a year are immigrating to Australia. So it's already happening. People are coming in droves. It is. Yeah. It is. And all we need now is for people to do two things. As we said before, as I said many times, they've got to I, clear themselves up and then B, maybe to an extent, if I can close with this, because I know we are going to have to close soon, mm. um, I'm thinking of something else. If they can, become involved with Aboriginal people yeah. directly. And I can give them a way of doing that if they're mm. interested. And I thought I'd close with this. I'm involved in a struggle right now. Uh, there's a, a bridge near where we live. It's a place called Tabulan, where the... Um, what they did was the Whitefellas got the, it's a sacred place. There's a birthing site there where men were buried alongside where the peers are. There's a women's site there too. And there's, there's objects right now in the ground that are sacred. I've seen them and they're trashing them and they're hiding them. And what they managed to do there was they deregistered the site and the elders didn't know about it. And when they came there, they were asked there once and they met them once and they said, oh yes, we're going to look after you. We're going to do this, we're going to do that. The rumour is spreading around the whole of this region. It was on TV last night. The elders are saying they're taking our objects, and they are, and they're hiding them and destroying them. And there are bones there. The bones, some of the bones were removed in 1986, and everyone knows that they're near the pylons. They know it's true. The birthing site where there are people alive today that were born there, they're going to trash it. There's a brand new building there. It's the newest building in Tabulum. I'm looking at it and think, man, it's got, it's got newspaper windows. What's going on there? I found out when I sat there with Uncle Lewis and Ruth and some others, that is the birthing place where Uncle Lewis's brother was born there. They're going to trash it. And you know what? It's legal. It sounds like Duke and Gorge where they blew it up and they didn't get into trouble. Now, that's going on right now. There are workmen there at the moment that are pulling down the bridge, 
and hiding these objects. And when I was standing there before Uncle Lewis, Ruth turned up to take me to Uncle Lewis, a gentleman came up to me about my age. He said, hey, what are you doing here? Because I had a camera and I said, I'm taking pictures. Well, what for? I said, oh, look, Uncle Lewis asked me to come down and look and I'll do an archaeology. He said, oh, oh, mate. He said, I just build the bridges. That's all I do. I don't do anything else. I just build the bridges. I don't know about that other stuff. I'm thinking, mate, you protest too, mate. I already knew what had happened. After speaking to that guy, I knew that wasn't him. That was his conscience trying to absolve the fact that he knows. And I'm going to see some of these artifacts today. And you know how they got the artifacts? They had to sneak in at night because they were there during the day, the elders would be arrested for going onto their site. Now, if you want to get involved in something, I'm putting an article up in a day or two on our website. Make contact with them and help them out a bit because they need some help right now because all the elders are united. And how would you feel? You're living on a settlement about four k's away and you were born there and there's a bulldozer there. That's where your mother, and I know the mother. I think that mother could be Auntie, Auntie Walker, Auntie Delma Walker, and she's one of the most sacred women ever in that area. She's up there with Auntie Millie Boyd. You're born on that site and they're going to trash you. So, yeah, if, if you want to get to know original people, I found the best way is stand beside them when they're fighting against something that's right. And by the way, they're right. There are bones there that belong to their ancestors. And there's a place where the women gave birth to their children. If you don't respect that in Australia, we don't deserve to be here. And see, that's I wanted to finish with that. People need to think about that. These are state Australians at the moment. We blew up the oldest site inland, Duke and Gorge. Did you know I was there four years before at Gangamaya, trying to stop Atlas blow up a site that was two 2,000 years younger? And I was in that cave with a hard hat on, and the whole thing was falling apart. And he told me that. It's a very dangerous place. Then he told me they were going to blow up to within 50 metres of the cave and it'll be all right. I knew the cave had collapsed. And I remember Eddie McPhee told me at the time, he said, this is one of the seven sisters. He said, the cave over there, over that way, that's the Seven Sisters Cave. Guess which one they blew up? The Seven Sisters Cave. So ladies and gentlemen, I think right now, the Australian government are deliberately trying to destroy sacred sites. Why? I think I told you in the start, once these sites go, they go to all the sacred sites and charge them up. But what if they destroyed enough sacred sites? Part of the land will still be harmed. It may not be harming properly. So I think there's things going on here that don't make sense. But if you want to get to know original people in the meantime, get involved in that struggle, because I am. I'm going to write a couple of articles about it. And I went there yesterday, and I, the next article, I want to go back and talk to the people and ask them how they feel. And I can tell you now, it's hurting them. Mm-hmm. And people say, oh, it's past history. No, well, Uncle Lewis. Know, what people don't understand, like you talked about the Palladian box being activated and amplifying. Yeah. What people don't understand is the power of mind. I mean, there is action, but there's also inspired action. So when yes. we take action coming from fear and unfairness and like many activists take action from this, this no energy, like no. But unfortunately, when you reach out and act in a place of resistance you expand that frequency so we have to we have to act from a place of inspiration so it it, you know the 
inspiration usually comes from, as we talked about right at the beginning of this, you know, you called it evil, I'll call it density, but fraught with like what we don't want. And then we go, okay, I don't want this. I don't want this. And then you have to say, well, what do I want? And then as you raise your vibration and say, this is what I want, you start to visualize it, you start to feel it, then action is inspired. Like, how action can I make that inspiring. happen? Yeah, you're and right. then you go, oh, I could do that. That would make yeah. a difference. And then oh, you get commitment. You get, you get, you get like, you like, you're inspired to act. So I think that we've got to raise our frequency first before we take action and, and not get too caught up in the, there's so many people out there screaming, no, 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 no. And as we scream, no, we expand that energy. Mm. We've got to start screaming yes, you know, yes to what we want, yes to what. So the power of thought, we don't understand the power of thought and emotion, is if we visualise what we want instead of worrying about what we exactly. don't want. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, um, and what that gets you, by the way, too, is if you, you join original people and you meet the ones who really understand the old way of doing things, yeah. that becomes your inspiration. Yeah, exactly. See, that's a way, that, that, that's a, 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 an avenue for people to say, what can I do in the meantime? Well, you can do some. And you can stand next to people that really do get it and reek of old way sensibility and culture. And then that infects you in a good way. Yeah. And then exactly. that takes away that stuff you should you don't need. Yeah. I mean, I've got to tell you, these people are not going to throw things or scream or do stuff like that. They're going to be peaceful, yeah. as Martin Luther King was, and other great philosophers in the past. Gandhi is another one. Yeah. It's all peaceful, non-resistance. We do not, we're not going to tolerate this. But remember, if you stand next to people who will be standing on the other side after the change, then that rubs onto you too. So it's a good way to get to know these people. I mean, the ones I'm talking about, they're not traditional, but they're close to it. Yeah close to it i've been on their settlement and you know you yeah, i mean there's there's older things there and things are falling apart but there's a lot of smalls there yeah I've but you there. talked about magic you know magic can happen yeah and when when two or more stand inside love like when groups gather and they focus their energy and their frequency on what they want then you know magic can happen like call it law of attraction call it alignment of energy call it the, the spirits but things like we've seen things like missiles being launched because stupid humans are trying to sort of make more warheads and then the ets come and shoot them down not not happening do you know like they're, they're, but we have help and it's not just the human help so we have et help we have spiritual help we've got the guides we've got the angels we've got the ets we've got everyone helping us achieve what we want to achieve here so we're not alone in our efforts to shift human consciousness and and ascend this world and to that end if i could just add by the last thing that we probably will have to be is right now someone's just turned up from that group that's looking after the bridge and they've got some evidence i've got to look at right now and that lady, Ruth, is actually outside here at the moment. And I best sort of finish up now because I I, I am working on that at the moment. Beautiful. Obviously, I'm also working on the site at uh, Uluru and yeah. that will be constant. And if people do want to join us, go to our website. It's Forgotten Origin. And you'll find out you can sort of find out what's going on at Tabernan or find out what's going on at Uluru or find out all those things. Yeah. Plus the truth. Come to our website. You're welcome. And you're welcome to join our online conference. And you've Look. got the online conference is November 28th at 4 p.m. Los Angeles time, 7 p.m. New York time, November 29th, 7 a.m. Perth time, 9 a.m. Melbourne, Sydney time. And it's yeah, online. Wonderful. You can see it all on our, our 
alienancestry.net slash chapter six and you can sign up there it's only 26 australian bucks which is probably less than 20 american dollars it's pretty cheap it's very cheap it's very accessible very affordable and it you know gives you guys some money to keep doing what you guys are doing and thank you so uh, much actually no no we share it equally everyone oh, you share it amongst all the speakers we'll do it by the way yeah. no no somebody getting more than someone else if we're all doing something together that doesn't rub with me oh okay more so pay. all the speakers oh, yeah. obviously get a, a part of the 26 dollars yeah best way to do things yeah we all and you've got some great speakers paul wallace paul's wonderful yeah so what, what's her name so let oh Rita. look we're doing we do this because she's Belinda a mystic Rich. right newton mm. yeah and we, we always have mystics on and people say oh i don't want to watch that I said fine don't watch the mystic part, but we want them on because we want to do all sides of the story. Yeah, absolutely. Don't leave parts out. So we cover it. All linked into the prophecy because all these people we pick bring something in that relates directly to the prophecy. Absolutely. And you'll find all our presentations, the thematic, they run together. Beautiful. Thanks so much for putting this on, Karen. We appreciate that. Thank you so much, Stephen. I'll go it's back been, and do some bridge work right now. It's been an honour and a blessing. And thank you so much for being on the show and sharing all your amazing wisdom. My pleasure. Now I've got to try and turn it off without Evan being here. Wish me luck on that. Huh? I'll, I'll kick you off. <laughs> Big Thank you, would you? Because I can't turn it on. Okay, thanks a lot. Wow. <laughs> what an amazing conversation with Stephen. Oh, he's got so much to say. Um, he's into his evidence. I don't need evidence. Uh, um, I don't care about the evidence, but that's just me. A lot of people do. I know skulls, they need skulls, they need physical evidence to say, you know, to hear that what we're talking about, Palladians. What Palladians? What are you talking about? ETs? What? Oh, what's all this? Lemuria? Anyway, I, I, I don't know. What's that saying? For some, you can, there's not enough evidence to convince them. And for those that know, you know, no evidence is needed. <laughs> I'm one of those ones. No evidence is needed. Uh, the evidence I get is the confirmation I get from my mob because with every conversation that I have with anyone on the show, I ask questions. Is that true? Tell me about that. Really? Is that really true? Or are they making that up? Like I just ask my mob, um, the Ascended Masters or the Federation of Light or the Galactic Federation of Light, you know, meant there have been many names for what I call the mob. I call them blissful beings. They said, we don't really have a name. You can call us anything you like. They don't care. <laughs> Label us any way you like. But they are the overseers who have been overseeing this planet since its inception, since the beginning, not just this planet. There are many other planets involved in the evolution of this planet, which is the evolution of her herself, Gaia herself, but also the consciousness that lives here, which is us and the animals and the trees and the mountains. Um, yeah, so the ones that are lagging behind... <laughs> are us the trees and the mountains and the uh, the animals are ascending effortlessly and easily or have ascended they are kind of out in front compared to the majority of human consciousness i'm not saying all human consciousness but the majority the dominant frequency that has been held by the collective the human collective but there are over mary rodwell and i talk about this there are over half the planet population of the planet that are souls who specifically came for this time of the shift that have come to be a part of the shift. And some of them are waking up now. Some of them have been awake forever. Some of them, you know, a bit like Garnet, like they hold a frequency, but they've not been awakened until they're maybe in their 50s or 60s. And they're more awakened and aware of who they are and why they're here. 
And then, of course, as Mary says, all the children that are coming in now hold a frequency, all of them, everyone. I've got so many young friends, <laughs> I say young because they can still have babies, whereas I can't, that are having babies. And during this time, I think, wow, that's a, that's a big decision to have a baby when the world is so fraught with drama, bringing a child into this world. If you're not aware and conscious, you know, that, that decision to still want to bring a baby into this world with all the problems that is going on. But these children have elected to come and boy, are they coming in. Whew, there's just baby city around me. I tell you, babies everywhere. And many of them were born on my birthday, which I thought was so cool. Because um, 27th of the 9th, so two is in service and seven is in two uh, spirituality. Seven is about our spiritual origins. And then the nine is humanity. So in service to spirituality and humanity, it's a pretty powerful number. Many of them came in uh, in September on the 27th uh, I just went everywhere I went I met babies born on that day and I'm like wow so they're holding that consciousness that Stephen's talking about that the um, that will be amplified on the 21st of December so interesting when he was talking about it I'm like chatting to the mob saying what does this box do just tell me more I want details and they're saying, well, it holds its own frequency, but it's an amplification of frequency. So that frequency connects with the frequency that's here and amplifies it exponentially. Amplification of energy is happening at the moment, uh, as my guides have said many times. When you have a dirty house and you are in a dim light, you don't see the dirt, but when you turn up the light, you see the dirt. <laughs> they give me that analogy because I'm such a, you know, cleaner. And... Um, they said, like, if you think of Earth as that as the dirty house, we are turning up the light. And as you turn up the light, you get to see a lot of the dirt. And then you have a choice. Do you clean up the dirt or do you let it be? Do you want to live in that environment or do you want to live in a more pristine environment? So there's a lot of dirt that's being exposed now um, just in every way. I think I've said on other shows, you know, there's a, 11.11, there's a Netflix series called Rotten, which talks about our food industry. It's like two seasons, 10 episodes each season, talking about our food industry and how rotten it is. It's rotten to the core. I mean, we've got a lot of cleaning to do on planet Earth, this dirty house. Uh, so we've got a lot of cleaning to do. So the amplification of energy is, show, is exposing what needs to be done. Yeah. So we need to do it and we need to do it in an energy of joy and love and enthusiasm and uh, feeling like we've come to do that. You know, we've come to clean house. That's why we're here. We're here to clean house. So uh, I think I was speaking to Susie um, Walker, Sue Walker, uh, about talking to the Ponte who are aliens that have a base, uh, ETs, Zeta, reticular ETs that have a base under the Sandia Mountain. And um, people were saying, you know, how can I get them to come visit me? <laughs> she was saying, well, they don't want to come if you live in clutter and, you know, you live in a really dirty house. I thought, isn't that interesting? But um, they said, if you clean your house and get rid of your clutter, they'll come. And I thought, isn't that interesting? But there's something about clutter and chaos and um, it's just energy, isn't it? If you think of it as chaotic sort of energy, stuck energy, yeah. So there's stuck energy in us, 
stuck energy in our homes, stuck energy in our planets, stuck energy, stagnant energy everywhere. How can we move that energy? And if you think about it, physically cleaning is a way of moving energy. I find I feel so much better when I've had a good clean. I've had lots of good cleans. It's spring here in Australia and I've been spring cleaning like mad. And it does. It feels, the place feels amazing when you have a good clean. It's like you move old energy, stagnant energy, you, you move it on. And I think that that's what we're doing collectively here on planet Earth. We're moving stagnant energy. Many people talk about the cabal. You know, this over-governing evil group of people that are controlling our planet and Stephen was talking about it with the Australian government. I uh, have asked them about this and I really don't get that there is a conscious group that are all together controlling the world. I do see a lot of greed and stuck energy, stuck in old ways and people focused on the bottom line and profit and they make decisions every day like the netflix you see you know the the rotten series because it's going to make the money regardless of how it's going to corrupt the land pollute the land pollute other humans and um, they just don't think about the consequences of making money and how it doesn't serve the planet I was watching something last night and uh, oh, it was a documentary on water actually and these factories saying that they're recycling their water so they're not using water or polluting the water system. So it was, you know, it was a positive documentary but they were pumping out this product. There was like a, I don't know, a cosmetic company just pumping out product, just millions and millions and millions of plastic bottles and we're like, great, so you're recycling your water. What are you doing about the plastic bottles that are all going to end up in landfill? we've got a long way to go and you're all here to help inspired action inspired action comes from feeling good and then getting that downloads of like there are scientists and inventors that are inventing amazing things through inspired action through inspiration getting the download from their higher self or from the ets or from the you know collective consciousness of higher the higher realms that are bringing us technologies that can clean house, that can help uh, move the stagnant energy and, um, and use, use energy in a way that recycles rather than making something that will just be thrown into landfill and take thousands of years to um, degrade. Anyway, there's lots that can be done. The best thing we can do is raise our own consciousness and vibration so that we can tap into our genius and the magic that exists here for us and be genius, deliberate creators, flowing our energy in a way that uplifts and helps this world clean house and move to a new reality. Oh, thanks again for watching. That was an amazing show with Stephen. Loved that. He's an amazing person, except for this part that he hates about looking at himself. I have to say, I've watched a few of his videos. Uh, he did look at the camera more this time. I've seen many uh, interviews with him and all you can see is the top of his head because he looks down the whole time because he doesn't want to look at himself in the, in the camera on the video. But he and Evan are doing great work. And uh, I'm going to turn up to the next conference that they've got coming up. That sounds fabulous. They have a conference every month. And let's see what happens on the 21st of December. My guides have said to me it's not going to be anything like you know, the earth isn't going to shake. Um, it will be subtle because we're working in the realms of energy. 
but that subtleness will be a bit like like the year 2012 everyone was saying the world was going to end in 2012 nothing really sort of too overt happened on the day we had a gathering you know hug the world or whatever and but when I look back and see how many people woke up in 2012 and how the world has changed so much since then it was subtle but it was strong so I, I, I suspect that the activation on the 21st of December will be subtle but strong also and it will have profound effects all over the world so what are you vibing what's going to be amplified in you amplify love and genius and brilliance and joy and excitement thanks again for watching and uh, who's coming up next week uh, what's today Stephen ah, I've got Lulu and Mishka coming up next week who are beautiful musicians that um, I love them I love them I love them and they have an amazing story and then Dr Naza is going to come on and talk about quantum and uh, Jaylene Tracy is going to come back on the show we're going to talk about the future she was saying that she's got many clients that are tapping into future lives and what happens in the future so in a couple of weeks I'm going to have that conversation with Jaylene about a future time and what life can look like on planet earth in the future so that we've got something to visualize something to move towards something to grab onto with our minds rather than looking on everything that's going wrong we can visualize what we want and it helps to hear what happens like it kind of anchors it in our minds and memory another nde steve steve's coming on another nde amazing story cassandra a beautiful crystal healer here daryl stokes is coming on to talk about uh, spirits and he takes photographs of orbs and uh, lots of lovely people coming up so uh, sage oneness zoe pennant is coming into the inner sanctum she's in the uk so we're going to do it in a different time slot uh, next month and i'm on every week talking about how we can be more deliberate in flowing our energy and creating a world that we want to live in the world within you know like the world we live in is our thoughts and emotions that's the world we live in right how to create a world we want to live in both inside and out so if you want to join up please do love you all big time i honor you all for the work that you're doing and holding that dominant frequency of love i know my audience is that part of that less than five percent that we were talking about that's you and i want to honor you and thank you for holding that frequency and for watching the shows big love to you bye for now